Hello everyone and welcome to our Threshold podcast. We are so happy that you have taken time to join us today and we pray that you will be absolutely encouraged by the plethora of messages and encouraging words that we share here in our church. Threshold is a family of believers based in East Riding of Yorkshire in the wonderful city of Hull and our head pastors are Pastor Deborah and Philip Banda. Be blessed. says the days are going to come, this is what's going to happen. And the Bible tells us that Abraham saw the day and rejoiced. This time, that glory has just manifested. And we just want to lay in one or two things. I'll be very, very fast. I'll be very, very fast. In St. John, chapter 1, verse 14... Verse 14, I lead from King James Version. For a few minutes only. And the word was made flesh. And the word was made flesh. And it dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. He says, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Wow. Wow. All right. Let's just pick some very important things out. Uh, The Bible says, and the word was made flesh. Uh, In the scriptures... The word of God arises, mostly if you consider the Greek terms, arises in two ways, which may also be uh, a, a two, let's just put them as words. We have what we call logos, and we have what we call rhema. Uh, many of you I know you love Rema, because that's what many preachers emphasize. You have to have a spoken word because it's powerful. It's the sword of the spirit. Rema is that which you get from what the Lord has spoken. It's normally a personal word. Like I mean, I have a subject here and I'm teaching you. Whilst I'm teaching, we have come here from different backgrounds and we are also coming from different situations and circumstances. Some of you here, you have left a problem at home. It's not like we are all coming from a happy place. Some of us, where we are coming from, we just want to stay here longer because we don't want to go back and face the same situation. Uh, There are different situations here. But when God is speaking, from the very same mouth, make sure that if he has actually put you in the place where he wants to speak to you, there has to be a word. For example, maybe let's just uh, take the whole of that section. Has got problem with marriage. This section, problem with the finances. This section, 
a problem with health and etc. You know what? I have a word. I may not be actually emphasizing on finances, but the Lord will make sure that there is a personal word that concerns your finances. Because Spirit of the Lord is a mass communicator. He knows how to talk to each one of us from the very same word. So what you get, sometimes it's not exactly what uh, is coming from the mouth of the person. It's what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to break it down for you. So that you can relate the same word in what you're passing through. That's the power of sitting down under the ministration of God's word. You can't go back the same. If you go back the same, the teacher is not teaching the word of God. But if indeed the spirit of the Lord is present and there is a teaching from the word of God, no man goes back the same. Everyone has a word. So from the very same ministration of the word, you find out to someone else struggling in the, fa in the family, there is a word that came to her. There is a word that came to him. That is going to hold on to it. If we say, let's pray, she'll pray on that word. Based on that word. Someone with a financial problem has also a word. That word is what is called Rema. It's what God makes personal with you. From what someone is saying, what is it about you? And the Rema word is called the sword of the spirit. It's so powerful. It's not the quotation of the scriptures. It's quite different. It's the word that the spirit of the Lord has put inside of your spirit. When you release it out, it's not just any mere confession. That is called the sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit, which is the Rema word of God. It's what God puts in you, which is very personal. And for your information, if you come to church and there is no rema word, doubt if indeed you are listening. If you were in church. Because there is no way that God can bring you together and fail to talk to you. No, no, no. There is always a word for your life that you take it home. And that word, the devil cannot stand if you release it. It's not positive confession, which at uh, some years back, uh, believers in, uh, in the churches were encouraged to do. Says, stand up in the morning and say, it will, be, it will be fine with me. No, no, I'm not talking about that. That is okay. Because you are trying to align yourself into the scriptures. But aligning yourself into the scriptures is not enough. You have no power. You still have no weapon with you. Rema word is different from positive confession. It's the word that God has deposited in you. In the Old Testament, it was called the word in the mouth of the prophets. He says, don't call yourself hearing. Lo, I have put my words in your mouth. That word was not just any word. It was a rema word. You speak it, you are put things. Every person who shows up in the presence of God can go home with a rema word. 
If you really open yourself to hear what the Lord is saying. So that is powerful, but that's not our topic. So we normally emphasize on Rema because it's something, you know, exciting for church folks. I love Rema too. But the day I realized what Logos is, I thought because everybody, when you're trying to emphasize on Rema, you kind of make Logos not to be more important. But I realized you never have rich Rema without the richness of Logos in you. So, the, 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 the intake of Logos is what will determine the rema you can use in any given situation. You know sometimes you can find yourself in a situation and you, all what you remember is that the pastor was telling us that we should mention the name of Jesus in And it has to be a conscious decision. Oh, I have to, oh, we have to say Jesus, we have to say Jesus. But I'm talking where the word comes in your spirit. In a situation that you simply turn and say, stop. And it's not, you haven't said in the name of Jesus. Maybe you will remember that you have to say in Jesus' name later. <laughs> that is because of the richness of logos you take. And what the devil has done today is to deny the church. The logos, so that they don't have rema, they don't have power to control their world. They can't control their world, so they can just go out there to be positive. Come to church, don't hear much, don't hear at all. The presence today, uh, I'm not trying to, uh, to point fingers at any other church, but you have to have eyes to see. If at all it is, it is. It is profitable to do that. In my church, I tell people, it is a waste of time to spend two hours looking at a Christian channel, but all what you're looking at is deliverance. I'm not saying you don't have time to look at deliverance. But you can't, you can't make it what you watch all the time. You're not learning anything. In fact, you are gathering fear. You are developing fear in you. Sit down under someone else who teaches God's word. One day, you will never know what is making you to be. He's putting logos in you because, Rema, you don't plan. You don't plan, Rema. I walked here, I have no idea what situation I'm going to face. Who I'm going to pray for. But you see what? I have to come here later with the logos of God. All right. So that if I meet any situation, meaning Rema, I shouldn't like it. Wow. Wow. You don't actually plan Rema at all. You put logos inside of you. Oh, yes. Just, you know, making yourself ready for anything. So when it comes to finances, you have got rema lady in your mouth. You can speak word that controls your finances. When it comes to actually 
and another thing, you have a rhema ready, mm. but it comes by the locals. A lot of faith is the thought of God. It is more like you are made with a mind. And uh, your mind, you sometimes have time to think. Generating mm -hmm. yeah. ideas. Mm -hmm. Any idea that comes in you remains an idea. But an idea that comes in God's mind is not just an idea. It's called logos. It's, it's so powerful. Because what goes into his mind, you know, God does not need to. Oh, okay, let's let's not take that line. We may take long, but I still want you to see the difference. You, we have people that are dying today with many many ideas. Some of the ideas they wrote them down and says, "This is what I think I can do in my life. This is what I can do in my life." But it's different with God. If God thinks it, it's done. It's done. It's just a matter of manifestation. So if you have a chance to see in the mind of God, you're not simply looking and seeing ideas. You're seeing exactly what's going to happen. That's why the prophets of the world searched. They, uh, that word is the same word that we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. The Holy Spirit searches okay. the heart of God. Do you know what he brings out? Thoughts, logos of God. He brings out logos in our time. It's called hope. Ah. Hope is what is before you. It's a revelation of the mind of God. Wow. I don't know if I mm. So if that's where there's a difference between a child of God and a person who doesn't have God at all. Because anybody without God is a man without hope. If I do has hope, it's a hope based on the flesh. Real hope, real hope only comes from God. Because hope is an expectation of what you have. That's why the Bible says, the God of hope fills you in all believing. He's called the God of hope. He reveals what is before us. And that which is before us is simply that which is in the mind. You don't die without, I mean, you don't die if you have good hope. Mm -hmm. But you are miserable without hope. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen many Christians without hope in life. Mm -hmm. No hope at all. Come on, come on. As if they don't have God. Because the difference between somebody with God and someone with, without God is hope. It's hope. Because I don't want to take long. Mm. Says, okay, maybe let's read one. <laughs> Before we, 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 we haven't yet started on 
verse 14. But let me just, yeah, because I'm just giving you the background. I haven't yet started picking out so that you see what it means, the word becoming flesh. Logos becoming flesh. But I want you to see now what we are talking about. Okay? Look at this so that you understand one or two things. Wow. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. I'll be very fast. You get this, then you can lead other things by yourself. That at that time, you were without Christ. Talking about where we are all coming from. Without salvation. That time, you were without Christ then they're going to describe who we used to be without Christ. says, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So, we couldn't connect ourselves to everything that God spoke to Israel. We're not part of it. We are aliens, aliens, cut off. Cut off. Number two, strangers. From the covenants of the promise. Strangers. You know, there are people that try to say uh, they are general principles. We have what we call general principles in the scriptures. They are bright everywhere. But there are things that are specific to his children. God spoke to his people. If you are not his child, and you do what the promise or whatever is said, you're just wasting your time. Because you are an outsider, a stranger of the covenants. The covenants is an agreement. Covenants of the promise is an agreement. God is not in agreement with you that is going to bless you. He's not in agreement with you that is going to protect you. So if you try just to stand on any verse, it won't work. You're still a stranger. That's what he's trying to describe. When we were without cross, we never had any agreement with God. So the Bible was not a book for us. The scriptures were not life to us. Because we are without Christ. It says, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. You follow this? Then he says. Then he says, having no hope. Having no hope. Meaning, how do you know this one has no Christ? Hopelessness. When a man comes to Christ, there is a hope. The God of hope fills you with what comes next for your life. There are moments that you don't need really understand. Things may not work. But every time you close your eyes, something inside of you tells you, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. You don't know how. You can't explain to anybody. But something else just tells you, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. Because God is a God of hope. Yeah. We are in a meeting in the United States. I will never forget this testimony. 
This is a family that has been fasting God for a child. And time passed. Went to the different hospitals. Nothing worked. And in fact, the hospitals told them it's impossible. Hormonal wise, whatever wise, <laughs> you can't conceive. They accepted the name of the child. The woman goes to 46. Yes. 47. We need And I'm ministering the word of God. If it is the spirit of the Lord ministering, hope will be ministered to you. Things that you get up, ideas and visions that you get you feel recharged again to face them up for the second time. You said I would never do this, but something simply comes in. Mm -hmm. We finished the three days in the uh, uh, conference. Then on the last day, as I was going to the airport system, we passed by our place just for a minute. We went to the basement. You know, our, our friends have got basements. You, you do have no material. But in America, it's very common. Every house has got a basement. So we went to the basement. He says, we just wanted you. Uh, of course, they wanted something else to do with this. Just a minute. So they came and says, uh, we have just come to do this. I said, thank you very much. But, can you pray for us? For a child? He says, no. You didn't notice that there was no picture of a child in our house. I said, no. I wasn't really <laughs> looking in that way. <laughs> I just enjoy the pictures that you have. He says, we don't have a child. I said, no, no. Why you never told me? I said, kneel down there. The husband is like, oh, no, no, no. Don't trouble us. Don't trouble him. He has given up. He has given up. He says, don't trouble him. Don't trouble him. But you know, I said, no, no, no. It's not a trouble to him. I hold my hands. And they held my hands. Next year, I never prayed at all because of what I felt when I held their hands. Man. I said, If I be a man of God, come next year when I visit you, you are the child in your hands. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I left. Two months. Two months. She realized some foods are not, you know. <laughs> Testing nice. <laughs> Some things are not working in the normal world. She went to the hospital. The doctor couldn't believe it at all. Says you are pregnant. You have a beautiful son. When I went to the hospital, we met this year. She said, Apostle, she's now 49. She said, I want another one. Ah. Oh, yes. You know what? When I, I said, oh, okay, okay. I told my doctor, I said, I want another child. He says, with you. I have nothing to say. Because even the first one, this is something that couldn't happen at all. What made them to look for a prayer? Knowing a woman is for the six. Past this, the time that you expect. God 
feeds us with your Father. But our hope is different. It's simply the revelation of the logos of God. That which is in the mind of God. Paul calls it there is something before every man, every Christian. There is something before you. And you have to have a revelation of that which is before you. Because you can give up today not knowing there is something good just before you. And this is which was just an idea people hoped for. But this time around, it came to pass. The prophet searched in the hearts of God and he prophesied, Time is gonna come. And the child was born. The logos became flesh. Logos became flesh. And dwelt amongst us. Now, I know you won't be continued by the story. Let me say, let me just tell you. Few things that are very, very powerful in God. Very, very powerful in God. What you see here is a transformation, translation of what is spiritual, just hope, to something that you can feel it, it can impact something, becoming fresh. Becoming fresh. It's called, in the Bible, it's called manifestation. Manifestations. You know, you know, spiritual manifestations from the demonic manifestations only. But many of the things that we have, they're in just in this form, that are waiting for someone else to translate them into flesh. No one will respect you as long as you just keep something in the spiritual form. Because you're not in the spiritual world. Where they don't appreciate things of the spirit. I have many people. They will look at me from the way I look before they really know what I carry. And they can look down upon me to so many places. I've seen that this person doesn't know me. Because in this world, people will never appreciate you. Whatever you are in the spirit, if you don't translate it into natural, it will never have impact in this physical world. And if we are losing us a lot, it's because we are happy to keep on getting into the spirit and changing nothing in the natural. Jesus remained hope to the people. But Paul says in Corinthians, if all what we have is hope, we are the most miserable people. If all what, that's what he says in chapter 15. If all what we have is hope, we are the most miserable people. Because you can't just have, have hope for the rest of your life. Hope one day must be translated into reality. Mm -hmm. 
must be translated into reality. And if they are not translated into reality, people walk away from God just because they have been just having hope all through life. Oh, one day it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. Until they doubt their hopes and walk away from the church. That's not the plan of God. It's not the plan of God that the people go. His hope is simply the starting point of the process. He doesn't want you to end and build your terminal at your hope. He wants you simply to find that as a starting point of your life. Because you never come to believe and produce faith if you don't have hope yet. Because faith is the substance, the reality of the things you've been hoping for. So if you don't start from hope, you are not near to the faith. But if you have hope, you are very close to faith. One day, you are going to believe something yeah. And something is going to manifest oh, yeah. in your life. Yeah. So hope is just a starting point. Yeah. God doesn't want you to end there. Mm. He had an idea. But that idea has to come to pass. Yeah. Wow. Mm. wow. So the church has to be taught. Yeah. How do we move from hope yeah. to spir spiritual realities? Yeah. When our things are real to us, yeah, yeah. we can touch them. Yeah, yeah. We can feel them. Yeah. They are working in our lives. Yeah, yeah. We are not just having hope, or we don't just have way for our future, yeah. but now we can embrace our future. Yeah. We can say, this is what I'm really working for. Yeah. Christmas tells us, it shouldn't just remain as a hope. Yeah. Yeah. This was a hope. But Christmas tells us it shouldn't remain as a hope. All hopes now must be translated into spiritual realities. Things that we have been hoping for and say, oh, I'm looking forward. One day God is going to do this. When Christ is born, the word has become flesh. He's telling you, hey, be like me. In fact, not just be like me. It's a prophecy that announces to us now it's time that everything else you've been hoping for should be translated into spiritual yes. During Christmas as a Christian, when you hear that Jesus is born, this was just a hope prophesied by the prophets. Yeah. Then we are telling one day this is going to happen. One day this is going to happen. But that one day came. That one day alive. The whole world is celebrating. They never celebrated at the hope stage. But at the translation, everything changed. So let's lies now during this time of Christmas to see the manifestation of God in all things. Let me rest my case. You see what I'm saying? Yes. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll come again next time. I'll come again. <laughs> I'll come again next time. I don't want. I know you guys have been here from three o'clock. It's. I'll be unfair if he, I continue from here. So the word dwelt amongst us.
That's when everybody could see the glory. Could celebrate the glory. Not at the hope stage. You have to be very, very spiritual to celebrate somebody's hope. Very, very highly spiritual. Because you understand that hopes or hope is just the beginning of the process. One day, there will be a manifestation. But many of the people will never celebrate with you at hope. They will even mock at you. <laughs> they will laugh at you. <laughs> because not many know exactly what we have inside of us. Things that we are crying every night. Things that we are saying, Father, please do this to me. Please do this to me. When are you going to do this? I've trusted you, Lord. When are you going to do this? People don't know. They are not there when we are crying in this way. But I tell you what, if it is, it has built, I mean, rather, if your cries, your tears have now built hope in you, you're doing very well. Because you're one step to manifestation. Very soon your hopes will look real and walk out from your house on the day in a different way. You know it's different. Today it feels it feels different. It's no longer what I've been hoping for. It's like it's already there, out there. Mm. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Praise God. Mm. If you were God and you were given a chance to come up with how Jesus is going to be born, to come up with a story, a whole arrangement of things, do you think you would have agreed with the story in the Bible? No. No. You would have you, no, let's, let's fool everybody. Let the king of kings be born in a manger. And, and you know what? <laughs> I always look at that and laugh and say, God, you're amazing. You're amazing in the sense that I cannot understand. Because I don't get it. This is the creator of the whole world. And he made his nine months. Lady, the pop out, knocks at the door, and they are told, it's a fool. No, they went to an inn. And they found the inn is a fool. Lodge, let's call it a lodge. They went to one lodge. It's a fool. The king of kings. And one says, ah, maybe just go down the road. There is another lodge there. Because when they are found in school, they say, oh. You are just 10 minutes late. Two minutes late. We have just taken the last guest. And all places are king of kings. Oh, yes. Imagine. Joseph, a man with a light standing, is chosen to be a father of the child. <laughs> Who? He hasn't actually done anything. <laughs> That's complicating the story. Yeah. And you're choosing Mary, who has got a very right standing and a good reputation. Everybody 
was married cannot mess up. That's the one you say you're going to have a child. And she goes to Joseph and says, I'm expecting. She says, expecting what? <laughs> you're expecting what? He says, I mean, I'm pregnant. What? <laughs> Oh. 